D-C-U-E. The podcast you have been waiting for. Six friends, six opinions, infinite laughs. You're watching history in the making. You don't have to open up your eyes, you can clearly see. The number one podcast is GCUE. 20 years of brotherhood, the Q La Familia. Raw, uncut, uncensored, and unfiltered. Bubs opinionated, why Eddie keep you laughing? Steve will get the tea while Shot tells us all what's happening. Spiritual or natural, I'm here for the thrills. And when it comes to PJ, y'all, please say this real. From quick hits, heavy lifting, the master of the week. We get ratings through the roof every time that we speak. PA, PA, GA to the Aspens. Turning podcasts in the undertable has been sports, entertainment, and current events. Sometimes we get pissed, so the crew got a vent. So when Friday night come, you know just what to do. Sit back, put up your feet, and now rock it with the Q. What's really good, people? You are here. With the one and only GQ podcast, that's GCUE, not to be affiliated with the magazine or the company. It's your boy, Bug, straight out the 804. And as you can see, then there with three. We want to send shouts out to the real PJ, Steve and Eddie, who not with us right now. But I'm going to go around and introduce the usual suspects that I'm here with at the moment. Let's go, Bub. Set it off. Um, what's up, everybody? If it's your first time with us, we welcome you. If it's not your first time, we welcome you back. Either way. Sit back, lay back, and enjoy the show. And we're going to take it down to Mr. ATL Suave Magazine himself. Shot. Let's get it popping. Yo, I'm not enjoying the A right now. It was 80 degrees four days ago, and now it's like 50. And I don't know what to do anymore. So I'm like juggling between T-shirts and sweatpants and sweating and air conditioning. It's fucking ridiculous. VA the same way right about now. Well, we obviously can see this but that same way in VA because this nigga just don't have no outfit on. <laughs> well, you know. <laughs> I, said, I said I get a little preview of what, you know what I mean? Just, nah, let me stop. So, yeah. A beater and sunglasses in the crib. Go, yeah, go for it. Let's do it. <laughs> nah. Let's but no, nah, so, you know what I mean? We've been having like our, uh, our text conversations, everything. Um, with all things going on in the in the world of black men um so how y'all feeling about you know i mean black male life like the other is it stressful is it complicated i think the longer you go through some things the more you become adapted to certain things but i also feel that there's a line that you you can, it's not even a line. It's like a way that you go about things without compromising who you are and what you stand for, your beliefs or your causes and things of that nature. Because some of the things that people before us, our ancestors, relatives that came before us, you know, some of those things have changed to yeah. a certain extent. Now to say things are extinct, no, you're not going to say that. Has it gotten better? Yeah, because through the generations, you know, the further the generations go down, the further and further some of the gener- generations tend to stray away from what they were taught as children. You know what I mean? So, but it's still around, so to speak. Yeah. But I mean, you just got to, as a black man, you know what you face. But what I will say this also, as a black man, I don't put everybody in that category. 
I like to take everyone as they are. I don't like to stereotype by groups or cliques or this. And I see that's a lot going on. Like, you know, we used to make this, like anybody ever made the statement, I, white people make me sick. I mean, you only had a yeah. discrepancy yeah. against the one at the Wawa down the street. You know what I mean? But now all of yeah. a sudden it's all, or because you got cut off by a Mexican. Oh, I can't stand these illegals and these Mexicans. And this, this, that, and the third thing. It's like that. You know what I mean? But it comes back this way. And I feel we catch it a lot more, but it is what it is. But that's my say. That's my say. I mean, take it I as it comes to taps and maneuver. I mean, I would be, I would be remiss to act like so, like things that haven't shifted like but when i say shifted i mean like it's still there just disguised in a different way because they'll let you say like oh no black men are you know on the you know you see them they're doing well like nah there's still a struggle for us and i think we do have it harder than anyone else because though like divorce is at an all-time high for everyone it doesn't matter they always depict it like america's problems are are bigger in the black community no like everybody has like there's single homes everywhere you know what i mean there's mm-hmm. uh, drug addictions everywhere but they target us because of the significance of what we mean to like what we should be meaning like mm-hmm. we and this i don't want to sound like we are that shit. you know what i mean so you gotta take you gotta take a shot at the threat at all times back to like the chris rock joke like the white men were going hysterical off of the fact of like in their mind they were telling themselves like oh they're overthrowing us but it was still just white people you know what i mean so it's like they'll tell you some bullshit just to make you feel like oh yeah this is right but in all honesty no it's not the truth like we are the main threat and they always steal everything from us anything that we develop and if they know that we have strong homes and have a you know um important to our kids and our families the right way we're super dominant and that's the true fear that's why they push so many things about like our repercussions and i'm sorry like the ramifications of like us being on drugs and different things like that so i feel like there's a lot of pressure now there's not any more like there's normal pressure as a man period that's that you're supposed to provide for your family you know be a protector for certain people you know and things like that and but for the black man itself, we're still having Tyree Nichols. We're still having, um, you know, these different things going on. And they build a lot of these causes off the back of our stress, black people. So right. they don't get it. And I think that they, they try to tend to make it seem like, oh, well, no, just stop the hate. Like, no, can we just get our due first? Our due. Like, can we start acknowledging that, yeah, black men are under attack? Like, stop lying and stop acting like, exactly yeah, everybody's right. But, like, we are solely at all times under attack. So, I think there's a lot of pressure. And I think there's a lot being a black man. And there's not, I mean, but there's nothing like it. You know what I mean? Because if you had the normal path, you know, we would have mad CEOs, mad, you know, like, expressive people. And it's just you have to think about so many different things that it's, it causes distraction. So, yeah. I love it. What's crazy is, like, being down here, it, there's a lot of black people that are doing, like, really successful things. 
Like there's a lot of black people running businesses, like high executives and businesses to the point where they don't necessarily see the same racism that I can see because I'm used to looking at like institutionalized racism. So it's like, because they're successful, they're like, nah, it's not, it's not that bad. And I'm like, you, you still don't see how far you're blocked out of that top tier. So it's like, because a couple people are making it, you start thinking that, you know what I mean? Well, we did this, so y'all can do this too. That floodgate's not open. So it's like, it's a crack in the dam, but it ain't a floodgate. So we're gonna let a couple of y'all in here to keep yes, it quiet. Sir. Like a couple of y'all can come, but all y'all can't come in here because if you balance out the system and say, we wanna make sure everybody gets what they need just from the starting point, like Atlanta will go crazy, but there's a blockage from the successful black people down here and the unsuccessful black people down here. And then once you get to the successful people, they start looking down on the unsuccessful people. And it's like, well, you know what I mean? Y'all ain't shit down on that side of town. I don't go down there. I ain't supporting y'all's little stores. I ain't coming to y'all restaurants. It's hood down there. It's ghetto. I ain't fucking with y'all. And that becomes a mentality. We start like shooting each other down, not necessarily violently, but just mentally. Like we start beating on each other. I have a question. I'm glad you brought that up. I didn't want to interrupt you. I know you on the roll. But that was my question. We all consider Atlanta to be, and I was going to get on this. Yes, sir. Respect, King. Respect. But what I was saying, we all expect Atlanta to be the black Mecca, as we like to call it. And in that black Mecca, my question, like I asked my cousins, well, you know, so-and-so sometimes. Do you support each other? You That's where most of the black business if I'm not mistaken, owners are. And like black yeah. business down here is thriving. Like I look at the, I don't know if she's from Atlanta, but I don't know if Slutty Deegan came from there, yeah. but them products and all of those things. Do y'all support each other? Is there a big support? Like, do you come together here's, and just boost one another? So here's the thing, you know what I mean? And Pinky, from my understanding, is cool people. I, know, I haven't met her yet. I have some... I have interviews and stuff that has been like set up with her. We haven't had a chance to connect. I did go to her, her launch when she had it here. Um, she had like a launch party when she opened up her second restaurant. Sure. Here's the thing. People, people in Atlanta shit on successful people in Atlanta. So you'll shit on the fact that she has a restaurant. I'm like, I ain't eating that nasty shit. They never had it. Don't know what a vegan burger tastes like. But it's just the fact that it's hers, you're not gonna do it. Now, if the shit opens up in Lenox Mall and it's bar vegan owned by some white people, somebody threw it on Instagram and said, oh, this is the spot to go to for brunch on Sunday, now you're gonna be there. But you're not gonna go to her restaurant and support her. Then it comes out and like, oh, well, she got a nasty attitude. You ain't never met the girl. How you know she got a nasty attitude? Niggas got mad. She started paying off people's loans, and she was giving. Um, she gave. I want to say Clark Atlanta's graduating class. She gave them all, or she paid for all of them to have LLCs. Now, do I think that was the best idea? No, but that's what she felt like was something that she could do for them. And by doing that, she gets shit on. It's it's just it's nuts. But that's the mentality. Like we will support, we'll support businesses that everyone makes popular instead of making our own shit pop if we went to 
the the Morehouse area and made sure like all the restaurants over there and all the lounges over there and all the clothing stores over there were popping, then they would have the money. Instead, we go to, you know, Gucci. And I ain't knocking nobody. You wear Gucci, that's your business. But, you know what I mean? You can support some other dudes that are doing the same thing. It's, just, it's, a, but is it's that, a horrible cycle. But let me ask you this. You. So with that mentality, is that because we have, like, the lack of black men in place that you believe to be leaders? Because, you know, like you said, this is the I am black man conversation. So, like you said, is it because she's a woman? Like, you know, sometimes, you know, like, not saying. Nah, but even like she, she, with her being a woman, like her, um, her husband, her husband has the um, Dave's cheesesteaks, both from Philly. Like they had that set up. Um, I just heard about them the other day. Maka Zulu, that was um, Ludacris's old manager. I'm not even sure if he's old or new manager, or whatever. But Shaka Zulu is like her business partner. So there's a right. bunch of like powerful dudes around her. It's just we don't want. Oprah Winfrey said, people love success, but hate successful people. It's, I don't want to, the mindset is, I don't want to keep giving you money so that you can be rich and have all these things that I don't have. And then you show me all these things that I don't That's have true. to my face, so why am I still supporting you? That's true. And that, that mindset is nuts. Like, we don't want to see each other grow to that point where... You have these things that I don't have, even if it's simple support. Like, I mean, a cheeseburger, $8, but I ain't going to go buy the $8 cheeseburger from you. I'll go to Burger King. That's fucked up. Yeah. Yeah, but as the black community, is that because of the lack of, like, men? You know, I don't, that's the I don't even think it's, You know what I mean? Like, I don't think it's the lack of, I don't think it's a lack of men. I think, I think as, as men, I think as black men, we've, We've lost that that role of leadership in the community, and with that wow. with that role, it, I think it's I think it's multiple things. I think honestly, I think black men are silenced the most. Um, I think black men catch the most slack. So even like the "you ain't shit, dad" comments, "your man ain't shit, husband" comments, like. The, you go to work and if you're not providing enough then you ain't shit for that either like black men get the you ain't shit marker a lot in the comparison aspect because you know there's a lot of ego in in black men so the comparison aspect of well, you ain't got that lebron money you ain't got that Steph money and you ain't got that that rapper money so now it's like you bring in you working your job doing your thing bring your paycheck home and it's like you still feeling like you're running short so Ego-wise, a lot of dudes pull back, and it's like you don't you don't want to deal with that responsibility. You start arguing over dumb shit in your relationship, and then you leave, and then it's like that separation starts. And most dudes, after you have that that hard breakup, you don't go into another relationship like with sound mind. You start just picking and choosing and doing what you can when you can do it. I think it's just it's a, the mentality for for black men is just. It's shot. Like we just we don't we don't get that same that same level of, of love and respect community wise and then relationship wise to make us to make us feel like you're in that position of leadership take control. 
So we hope you're enjoying the podcast so far. We're going to take a quick commercial break and we'll be right back. Welcome back to the GQ podcast. Let's jump back in this conversation. It's the moment you fuck up, you ain't shit. What you think? That was was some good points. Do you think we feed in the stereotypes with that? Or do you just think that, like you said, we have so many worldly pressures? Again, like Kid Shad's point where he says, like, it's such a running theme. There's so many generations removed now where you hear it, where it's not, like you said, it's not as, like, it's it's not fresh. Like, you know what I mean? Like, oh, his dad wasn't shit, so he ain't gonna be shit. So then, you know what I mean? Like, is it like feeding into the stereotype or is it just the fact that you've been beat over the head with this logic for so long that you just succumb to it? What do you feel like that? that I'm going to say, let me go back. I'm going to use two words. I'm going to say we know. And I'm going to stick with those two words right now. We know. If you remember when we were younger, even before our time, people used to ask you, what you want to be when you grow up? You would get one or three, maybe four answers. Either one was an athlete, some form of athlete, basketball, football, baseball. Two would be maybe a police officer. And three would be like uh, a doctor. And every now and then you may get a fireman or something like that. But these, it was the same answers in our neighborhoods. The same answers. Because that's our mindset. And it's like, that was passed down from the generations before us. Well, I could be an athlete. I could be this. It's safe to be this. Or I could be this. You didn't hear nobody back in our day until later. And, you know, middle school, maybe high school. Engineer. Or I may want to be a veterinarian. Or I may want to be a journalist. Or I may want to be a politician. Or I may want to be a, 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 a astronaut. You see what I'm saying? We didn't hear those things back in the day. Now, my question to you and every other black man in America, we have blacks in law enforcement. We have blacks in Congress. We have blacks politicians. We have black athletes, of course, predominantly black athletes. But we have black astronauts. We have all these black things. Are we the same? My thing is, is um, are we the same? I think like part of it, like at some of the time, like back then, um, I think now the advantage of social media is that you can see that there's more people in more fields. Because there were people, there were black people that were successful back then. And you learn more now. Like my kids are fortunate enough to learn now. Like the lady who invented GPS was a black woman back in the 60s. You know what I mean? But we never learned at the school. But like there were people that accomplished a lot. But also it was specifically engineered for us to think that oh we can only be athletes or we can do this you know what i mean but that's where you got to have sometimes the the man in the house i think because fortunately for me if you don't know i was raised by a single father so it was like he was an educator on top of it so i think like the mentality was always presented to me and my sister is like yo y'all can be anything like i get it like blacks were always told that you can make good money by physical labor, but always remember there's a white collar person who pays all these physical labor people. So that's why the like the way we approach stuff, my sister and I specifically was always based off my dad telling us like, there's somebody that pays the worker. That's what yeah. we wanted to do for. And I think like 
it gives you that extra sense of confidence as a child, like the protecting nature of it. I think it's, and like I said, I'm a father myself now. I have all my my friends, like, you know what I mean? Like, I know it's just hard for us, like the mentality of just dealing with society. On an everyday basis. Before you walk out the door, before you walk out yeah. the door, it's like, it's like, here's my day. You take that deep breath, you walk into the world. It doesn't matter what your credentialing is. You know what I mean? It doesn't matter what you've done. It's just that's why I stuck with them two words. We know right. we may have the same profession. We may get close, pay close to the same thing. We may wear the same uniform. We may be in the same business meetings. We may take the same business trips. We may come to the same family picnics. But I say we know because we know at the yep. end of the day, we're still not the same. I mean, the thing nah, is, we learned about Ben day. Carson, right? Like we learned about Ben Carson. And then the irony of it Don't now lose is, your like, is how is how disappointing he is to us as black people. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like he did something so great that when we were growing up, it was like, wow, like yeah, we can be like Ben Carson, but yet he turned that way. Same thing with Clarence Thomas. Oh, okay, we had Thurgood Marshall. Oh yeah, and we fought the Anita Hill thing because we're like, oh no, he couldn't do that. They're trying to tear the black man down, but then he turned out to be that. So it's it's always a weird thing with us. You know what I mean? Like it's it's hard being a black man because it's like we root for us. You watch a game show. It's a black family. Watch Family Feud. Oh man, they better win. You know what I mean? Like we're like, hands down. Hands down. You know what I mean? So that's like, true. We we true. love us, but it's so hard because of so many societal pressures and stereotypes we got to fight against or people that succumb to it. Because I don't think sometimes. Yeah. Every every person initially steps into it like that. They can step into it, but then like they don't know some of the game. And I think it, it makes people succumb sometimes. I just think it's a lot of pressure and things for us at times that we just don't know. And that's because of I the think, generational not like nobody telling us. We had to figure it out the other way. Yeah, I think what what Bugs was saying, um, he's like, we know, like you're you not know? the same. It's not even knowing that you're not the same. You know that at any point, all of that can be snatched from you. And it doesn't have to be justified. That's the we know. It's not the same. We know it's, there's a difference overall. We know overall there. You're, you're there, but you're not protected there. Like you you don't have the same you don't have the same level there. So you can be a executive in a company, but you know if you piss the wrong person <laughs> off, you can lose that job and go back down to where you was at. So it's like we're always playing this this balancing act. I was telling my friend yesterday, when I go running, if I'm running in the neighborhood, I have to make sure that I'm aware of where everyone's at in these white neighborhoods. So if I run past you, I need to smile at you, like nod at you, say hello, wave a little bit so that you're not intimidated just by my presence. So my presence in your neighborhood running could make you say i'm gonna call the cops because i don't know him and that looks scary to me like little shot is a big black scary man to whatever white person that sees him. and i have to always be conscious of that to where if i'm in public i have to know when and how to raise my voice i have to know when and when when and how to be aggressive if I'm upset, I can't necessarily display that because now I'm the angry black man who became dangerous the moment you said something. So it's, you have to be aware of everything. Like if I if I bump the wrong person the wrong way, I have to be worried about it. Black, white, indifferent. 
it's it's constantly knowing and constantly being aware of where you're at and what you're doing and how you're being portrayed. So and I that, think that that's like the pressure that you walk around with on a daily basis. True right. statement. Like so with so with that, so like you describing that and from what I was saying and from what Boogs was saying. Do we should we get a little bit more leeway and understanding because of our mental health? Because that is a hectic way to just have to live life all the time. You know what I mean? And like, and I don't yeah. think anybody else gets. No one else has to live like that, man. At all. No one else. No one else lives like this. We and I don't even think it's, no. And that's what I'm saying. I don't even think that it's like we have to do a mental a mental check. I think we have to first acknowledge that that's how we live, because we're acting like it's not real. And I think that's the part with us that it becomes like that's just the everyday thing. You know, that's just I mean, you black. That's how you, that's how your life gonna be. You have to realize that shit's not right, and that's like that's living in constant state of trauma, and you don't think about it that way. So it's like you you have all these things, and it's like you want to say you know, black power, this black prowess, that black pride this but it's like you're not addressing the underlining shit like it's, you're walking but is it on eggshells but the question nah. is is it for us or is it for others to acknowledge because we've had we had had people mm -hmm. explain hey it's mental health and we don't get the benefit of the like you know like you said as soon as a white kid shoots something it's, oh man it's mental health it was so hard being <laughs> it was so hard for him you know he got bullied in school but like like you said for us from birth like black kids from the beginning little black boys don't get you know the same leeway to be just a kid so carrying that to be angry and angry hold up all the way to where we're at as men when is society mm -hmm. going to allow us or will they ever allow us and that's all i think is responsible for allowing us to release this pressure so we can start healing and getting in the right direction so people can stop attacking us i think we're the most attacked being on this earth i think i think it takes it takes us first to make society acknowledge that like we have to like as as a as a culture we have to acknowledge like what this really is that that conversation has to happen publicly like this is what black men go through what we end up doing is fighting battles in a proactive or in the um, reactive stage instead of saying proactively this is what's wrong this is what's going on so we can say you know that ain't right and what happened over there is not right i mean that happens and we you're trying to constantly like fight this uphill battle that way if you start at the top of the hill and you say yo this is what this is like on a daily basis this is what black men go through on a daily basis these are these emotions and i think for me personally you befriend white people and when you have these conversations with them there's a different understanding so it's like, you know, I don't understand why black people always have issues with cops. And it's like, yo, that's because you don't you don't know that feeling of even though I did nothing wrong, I'm going to be presumed guilty if anything happens. So cops have I could be doing absolutely nothing. The cop could drive past me on the, on the highway and my heart still drops. Registration is right. Insurance is right. License is right. Not speeding, not doing anything. And I have to run all that through my mind. I see a cop look at the speedometer, making sure like I'm in the lane correctly, making sure I'm not swerving. You know, I'm like, I'm now I'm like super conscious of the fact that you're over there 
So you're not trying to make eye contact. So you're like, you kind of like checking where they at while not checking where they at. It's it's a conscious thing. And I think we, we constantly live in that state. So when you let other people know, like this is what it's like on a daily basis. This is what you go through on a daily basis. At any point, everything that you have can be snatched from underneath of you from making the right decision around the wrong person or the wrong decision around the right person. You know why? Because we know. All right, so we're going to take a quick commercial break. Go grab something to drink, something to eat, whatever you need to do. Meet us back here in a few. Welcome back to the GQ Podcast. Let's jump back in this conversation. Yeah, we know. But, like, to, but to your point. Real talk, we know. But the thing of it is... If- I want to address what you said though until everyone around wakes up and realizes though it's like we've been though it's just I, we've I think been we though. do realize because like no, we have because our black woman is a hell of an advocate like she knows the mental stress absolutely again because because they 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 carry a lot of this burden too you know what I mean like yeah. and the thing is that but I think they also have to look inside to say like Again, like just because my feelings are hurt with this relationship ending, like he's not a bad dude. I gotta have him in, in my son's life. Um, we gotta start really mending these fences and start coming together to understand because, like, these boys are coming up with such a lost sense of direction. And for whatever reason, we got old men who won't reach back to heal, we got young boys that are coming up that won't heal, they can't heal because the the understanding is we just keep running with these old narratives but we do know that there are people like that we're under attack and as long as we have the crab the crab in the barrel mentality along with society fighting us we're not going to succeed but i think we know it like you said books we do know it that's the thing though we do know that yo this is this is the thing we know that we're we're just supreme being like that's how i feel like you know what i mean like Mm -hmm. i i get it i got white friends all that stuff. Nah, that, that's but real. I, I truly believe like we're the innovators of everything everything and the reason that we were taking out the home is because of that because we survived but at some point your trauma don't just have to be survival your trauma should be i mean your 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 story should be success it shouldn't be about just the trauma you dealt with you know what i mean yeah. like you want to raise our kids like like we're putting our kids in certain schools but they still have to still walk the we still have to tell them like yo you're still black you know what i'm saying yeah. like you're still black son it doesn't matter what and, that's you're the, and that's the crazy part because you'll you'll have people that'll say if you just treated them like everyone else that solves your problem like if you don't acknowledge color that that solves the problem and that's absolute bullshit because now you're setting your child up for failure because while you're not acknowledging race everyone else in the world is so it's it's a matter of acknowledge this like you're black but you're not inferior and i think that's the part where like it comes to the parenting of creating that mindset and that understanding with your child be like yeah i'm black but you ain't no better than me because i'm black and the world's going to tell you and show you through advertising marketing media whatever that you're beneath this other race, which is why there's 80% white shows on television, 
And then when you get to the black shows, it's typically reality TV or some hood shit. And that's just, that's how they create it. So you, you grow up, you know, I mean, go to a 90s thing. It's like you see Dawson's Creek, you want Dawson's Creek, Beverly Hills 90210. Like you want that kind of life. Like, oh, I wish I could do that. I wish I'd be able to do that. And then you see, you know what I mean? Good times, that kind of shit. And it's like, I don't want to live like that. And that becomes the mindset. You start saying what you don't want. And then when they start showing these successful black shows, they last for a little while. They took all that shit off TV. Like, oh, that's gone. Like, they in that different world, sister, sister, um, all of us, one on one. That's what I'm saying. Like, all those shows that started showing that successful era, like, that went away. And they said, oh, let's give them reality TV. Now everybody want to be a housewife or something. Now everybody want to go argue with somebody, throw a drink in a club. That's you know, it's, but it's you like know what? Every, oh, go everything ahead, is drama now. No, that's, that's, that's my, yeah, I fucking, I hate reality. Listen, I want to plug this to everybody listening. Everybody may hear this, whether it's now, 2024, 2054, I don't care what year it is. Black King, and hear me closely, Black King, if you get any portion of power, whether it be entrepreneurship, whether you get left the business whether you get left money whether you get this hold on to it and always know that you in the spotlight whether you are athlete no matter what it is once you get it hold on to it wisely and the reason i say that and the reason i say that because it's not just about the athletes that may have a scandal or it's not the ones that may get caught out there and you think oh they're making all this money and they're still doing dumb stuff but this is what they see and this is the, what's expected. It's the fact of when you look down through the line, majority of the time, the, those of us that have had power have sabotaged ourselves. Let's call it what it is. Look at it, yeah. even BLM. BLM. Organization set up for them. I mean, made impacts, did this, this, that, and the third. But then once we found out what the money was the money being comes. used for, I'm like, it's always got to be something to mess something up when it comes to us. But majority of the time, it's us. Yeah. Even some of these black churches and pastors and they're using the church money and they're buying mansions and they're buying roses and they're doing this. Not the money that's funded for that. Now, some got money set aside for that. If that's true, that's fine. But I'm talking about the ones that's spitefully using it. And then it comes out later and it's like, oh, wow. Well, another black pastor did this. Another black entrepreneur did this. Another black group did this. This came out about this black man. This came out about this black woman. If you're not scratching enough backs, it don't matter what you do. You go fall. But here's the thing. So we gotta, can, let me say this real here's quick. The thing. Go ahead, y'all. Don't forget neither no, one of y'all's points, say, though. I'm going to say, like, I think, that, I think that that's always going to be a part of our culture and it's not even just our culture i think that's every culture you're always going to have some crab in the culture i think that we have to just be we have to be more mindful of what we support so it's like you wouldn't have that thing if i wasn't supporting you if i know your church is full of shit, i shouldn't be going there and we have to be mindful knowing like it's not it's not dope that your pastor's driving a Bentley and all your congregation is struggling. 
Now, if that's his salary, that's his salary. If he had another job, he got another job. But if he's saying, yo, I need y'all to come to this pastor's benefit dinner and now all the donations start at $2,000 and if you ain't got $2,000, don't come. Thank you, church. So it's like, we, we know we know when some shit's wrong and we know what we support that's wrong. I think it's just a matter of like what we support. I'm gonna hold that for, the, for that conversation for the next part of it. I just think that we gotta um, stop overvaluing money and start embracing more of understanding. Understanding meaning just each other. Because again, like to Boog's earlier point, like we, we, we classify everybody under one umbrella, but there are differences between people. Learning how to embrace an understanding so we can grow together. Like, you know what I mean? Like stop beating each yeah. other down because there's differences. Um, we de we definitely need to embrace these boys, let them know that, hey, um, there's there's times to cry, there's times not to cry. You can't always call him, like if he falls and if he hurts, it's not always, man, don't be a punk and get up. Like, nah, exactly. and I get it. It comes from the mentality that was from our forefathers with good reasoning because of the circumstances they endured. But now is a different time that we can understand that like it's so much pressure that you can't allow yourself to just have your son be in the same mental space where it's causing you to have mental breakdowns where you just need to take time out. And everyone needs times out from life sometimes. But we really have to start building our black boys up to be strong men. And yeah. there's a lot of men, here's the thing, and there are a lot of great men who do a lot of things and they don't get the recognition or the acknowledgement yeah. that's needed. For us, the, the thing is that, again, to Shah's point earlier, if you say, um, like you said, oh, this nigga don't got money, like what's the name? But yeah, but you're this man is making sure that these kids are fed. We had coaches who used to literally take kids to their house or drive the kids around because their parents didn't have, like, we got to start acknowledging these folks. And that's what we need to pour into because these men yeah. are sincerely engaged with these children and stop trying to worship people who not saying that these these people with these millions of dollars don't you know what i mean but they have a lifestyle that they have to take care of but these people here who we have to start investing in, in ourselves instead of worrying about like you said well it's a pastor or somebody like that but pastor's not doing that but coach so-and-so is making sure he's picking up nine boys Though he has to get off of work, off of his job with his family, and he sacrifices time with his family, we have to start acknowledging and putting things in yeah. place to embrace those men in order to bring these kids up the right way. Because a lot of times, a lot of these boys just need someone to say it's okay. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, Or just to give yeah. you a, a word here or there, it's okay. You know what I mean? Because even as a man, sometimes, like I said, I talked to my dad, and he said, oh, sorry. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, you're right. It's just a, it's just, it's just an exhale word. Like it's okay. You know what? And I think that's yeah. where we get so caught up with this money idea and all these different types of things because it doesn't matter where you live. Like we said, you're, you can live here. I can live there. We still view the same way. We just got to come together and put the, get rid of this whole trash mentality. And um, yo, it's gonna be pressure, and it's gonna be pressure. It's gonna be hard. It's not an easy task because again. To Shah's point too, it's always gonna be there the crab in the barrel thing where people are gonna try, but that's just the nature of man. It doesn't matter what race you are, there's always some crabs in, in everything. But for us particular, to get to where we need to get to, to get our black boys who can push through anything, have them start with a friend and, and just invest and with them. I think that's and that's the thing. I'm a I'm a like my last thing. I think is 
like you said, it's, it's the crab in the barrel kind of thing. But you got, for us, you got the crab in the barrel. You got somebody with the pot beside the barrel. You got somebody with a lid on top of the barrel. So it's like, once you pass one obstacle, you get to the top of the crab, somebody hit you with the head, knock you back down. If you make yourself outside of the, outside of the barrel, there's somebody out there with tongues ready to throw you in the pot. It's like you you constantly have these battles happening. My stepdad was amazing. Um, one of the things that I, I truly appreciate, which made me actually gravitate towards him, I was pissed one day. I was like 13, mad as hell because I was on punishment. He was like, you know, the world's not your enemy. The stuff that you're on punishment for because of things that you're doing. He's like, so if you're frustrated, it's because of what you're placing yourself into that gets you into trouble that makes you have to be on punishment. And I was like, I never understand. And no one ever made me look at it that way. So I started crying. He was like, it's alright to cry. He was like, go upstairs. He was like, cry, get yourself together, come back downstairs, let's figure out a plan. And that's what I did. Went upstairs, bawled because I was pissed. I was mad because I was in trouble. Got up, came back downstairs. He was like, now this is what I need you to do. Do A, B, C. Like, keep the house clean, do these chores, make sure the trash taken out, make sure your mom doesn't have to ask you for anything. I'll advocate for you on my side to talk to her to get you off of punishment early. And I'll say, you know, he's, he's doing good, whatever, what have you. I'll try to get you out of this trouble. Your, your response or your um, commitment back to me is to stop doing dumb shit. He's like, you stop doing dumb shit. Right. Stop exactly. doing dumb shit and I'll always advocate for you. We ain't had a problem since. And like, until he passed, like that was the coolest dude in my life. So it's, I think that we need people, we need black men to do exactly what Bubba's saying, like pour into young black kids to help us, to help the kids realize this is how life is going to happen. You're going to deal with these things. But this is how you have to start looking at it. Everything isn't the world fighting you. A lot of this shit is you beating yourself up. And we have to get past that. So we gotta have a part two of this. With reason, with reason. Like there's there's reasons you can beat yourself up because again, we carry a lot of baggage. But again, you got letting the world beat you up isn't gonna get you anywhere. You have to figure that shit out. And you have to you have to put your good foot floor and, 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 and find out the plan to get yourself out of all that shit. Yeah, you, what, 700 million people in the world? You're going to get beat up by the world. Yeah, like, it's going to happen. Cover all of that in part two and maybe part three because we are black men. Love ones, there's so many other places you could have been, but you decided to be here with us on the one and only GQ podcast. So you have a great week. Be happy, be safe, but most of all, be you. Q out. Peace.